Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Here we are, 1-0. Big game this week. We're playing the San Francisco 49ers. So let's go over what the Eagles are going to have to do to win this game. First, let's just go over the injury report. Um, It was a packed injury report this week because Nick Sirianni decided to give these guys a little rest. My guess is going to be more so when we win, you're going to see players getting rest days, essentially like the reward for what they did during the week. And it's more so going to be the veterans on the team. So all the guys who did rest uh, on Tuesday were full part or on Wednesday were full participants on Thursday. Uh, The people that were still limited, um, Avante Maddox had a groin injury, which Spoiler to everybody listening, I know you're so shocked to see Avante Maddox on an injury report, but guess what? Here he is. In fact, I might just write his name into every injury report going forward. This guy just has an addiction to staying on injury reports. Uh, Zach Ertz with his hamstring, we saw that in the game. Uh, It was the thing that was being worked out, but he was still a limited participant. And remember, he did return in the Falcons game, so my guess is he'll be all right. Marcus Epps was a limited participant with his concussion that took him out of the game on Sunday. Um, I don't know what, I remember the rules with concussions. I think you have to be a full participant, I believe, at least once through the week before you can be declared eligible. So that obviously is not the case here with Epps. So chances are Epps may not be, um, he may not play in the game, which would make me think a guy like Elijah Riley would be more likely to come up this time because I don't believe the Eagles want to go into this game with two safeties. Now, Brandon Brooks, knee, and also rest. He was a limited participant. And J.J. Arthega-Whiteside with an ankle. He's another one. He, Of course, you know, everybody's happy with J.J. on how he played the other day in regards to um, his blocking. But And Nick Sirianni even called him out saying they're going to try to get him involved in the passing game because of how well he was with his blocking. And, of course, he finds himself on the injury report. So um, that's essentially what we got going into this game. Here's the thing. Uh, the Eagles are in such a good spot in terms of health right now. Um, it's almost mind-boggling because this hasn't happened for the Eagles in, think about this, it feels like years because it has been years. We have not been healthy in terms of what we've had as players for, or what we've had as our team for years. It's wild, it's crazy, but we finally have health at least working on our side. Again, it's one game, and it could change in a heartbeat. We all know that. Now, in regards to what we're going to be facing here with San Francisco, uh, I just want to say something here. San Francisco was beating the Lions last week 38-10. to The Lions had the ball with a chance to tie the game late, and I know you could sit there and say, oh, well, come on, don't put too much stock in it. It was a late comeback. The point is, it did happen. The Eagles had a big lead against Atlanta, and Atlanta did not score. The The 49ers had a big lead, and uh, Detroit was able to score. So what that tells me is this, and again, I knew this before, is that the Niners' secondary is not all that. Because what happens when a game is a blowout like that? Generally, the other team just starts passing, right? And if they're going to start passing, they're obviously going after what you consider your weakest part, which would be their secondary, because they were able to get back into the football game. Um and if you don't believe they have a weak secondary, let's just go over it. I was looking at their, obviously, their roster. And this right now is their current secondary, right? They just signed Drake Kirkpatrick. So, I mean, he's been on the team less than a week. Uh, Dante Johnson, he was on their practice squad. Uh, 
Emmanuel Mosley has an injury. Now he's hurt with his knee. Uh, Diamande uh, Lenore is a rookie. Uh, Ambry Thomas is a rookie. Kawan Williams, another guy who seems like a journeyman practice squad type player. And then Josh Norman. There's nothing back there that should strike fear into the Eagles in terms of being able to throw the football. So here's the thing. We saw this week with Atlanta. The game plan was simple. It was short passes. And I know the the thing came out this week that Jalen Hurts had the least amount of, what was it, air yards or whatever in terms of how far he was throwing the ball down the field. But we scored 32 points. The, the offense was dictated to what we felt would be successful. It was successful. We scored 32 points. Um, I get it. I want to see us air the ball out a little bit. I, I'm not. I'm, big plays help win football games. But... You also got to dictate or let the defense dictate to you what's there. You know what I mean? Just because you have the ability to throw deep, if they're giving you 10 yards underneath, take that 10 yards underneath. That adds up. Uh, my guess would be this week is that we're gonna. this is a much more stout team in regards to stopping the run, San Francisco. That's clear. I, I don't envision us getting 170 yards rushing. I'm not saying it's impossible. We could absolutely do it. Miles Sanders has home run potential. Kenneth Gainwell, and so does Jalen Hurts. Heck, Boston Scott does, and he didn't even play last game. I'm just saying it's not going to be, I don't believe us running the football is going to be as easy to come by as it was against Atlanta. But we should be able to throw the football. Now, here's the thing. You could, a lot of people believe in this, right? That you run to set up the pass, right? Well, you could also pass to set up the run. And I would not be a team that came out in this game. My game plan would not be, let's run it to set up the pass because that's kind of playing to the strength of what San Francisco's defense does. My guess is that's more or less what Detroit was trying to do in regards to what their game plan was against San Francisco, and it didn't work. And when they started scoring, it was because they started throwing, and by that point, it was too late. I would throw to set up the run. Now, again, generally in the NFL, teams are much more pass-happy in the first half, as they should be. But I would think here, if I'm the Eagles, I'm going to try to pass to set up the run. They're going to have to stretch the field a little bit here against San Francisco to get uh, running lanes for Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. That's as simple as it is. And if you, by the way, hear a sound in the background, again, that is my son. He is laying here. We're watching the Washington-New York game. He has his comments. Um, I'm sure he's going to want to chime in here. I could tell very shortly. So my thoughts are that we should see Devontae Smith have a, another very big day on Sunday. I, I really do. I think this is this Devontae Smith thing. Like, if you watched in the game, like, the Eagles did this thing where essentially they went to a receiver and it was, like, their time. Like, they started with Quez. Then in the middle of the game, they found a drive where it was the Devontae drive. You know, you had the Goddard moments. You had the Rager moments. But I'm telling you this. I think that the Eagles are going to be able to push the ball a little bit further down the field in this game. And I do believe Devontae Smith is going to be that guy to go to. Again, I'm not sitting here saying that we're not going to try to blow the top off. I, I absolutely 100%. This would be my bold prediction is we're going to see Jalen Hurts air it out deep for Quez Watkins. I think we're going to see the Quez Watkins shot play. We did not see one, nor did we have to against Atlanta. But I would think we're going to get Quez Watkins on a go, maybe Jalen Rager on a go. And then I'm telling you this right now, that Devontae Smith is just going to eat over 
uh, potentially the middle of the field. Now, again, and when I say middle of the field, I don't necessarily just mean the exact middle. I'm saying like 15 to 20 yards off the line of scrimmage could be out routes, comebacks, whatever you want to say. I just think that that's where we're going to see the strength of the offense. Listen, this offense is dictated off of this. They are running essentially triple options um, with Jalen Hurts. They're giving him the option to hand the ball off to Sanders. They're giving him the option to run and sometimes to throw a bubble screen. Um, This offense clearly has infinitely more design and scheme to it than what we saw with Doug Peterson. And I get it. That's taking a pot shot at a a coach that won us a Super Bowl. But this is the truth. This team is much better coached than it was last season, and I could tell that off of one game. I think everybody could tell that off of one game. It's more engaged. Uh, People are more held to their disciplines, especially like if you noticed in that game, for instance, on the defensive side. What's one thing that for five years seemingly the Eagles could not stop, and that was a play-action rollout dump pass to the tight end that would go for nine yards legitimately every single time. And I finally saw our end in this game, and this time it was at Brandon Graham, not completely crash to the quarterback and, and take that play away. Now, Derek Barnett, on the other hand, has not learned that discipline. And like I said, he's the most undisciplined player, probably not just on our team, but maybe in the NFL. But I did see Josh Sweat, and I saw Brandon Graham adjust to those plays and actually go with the tight end to take those plays away. Now, In this game, it's going to be a little bit different than Matt Ryan doing it because the 49ers are using two quarterbacks. Garoppolo is mainly their guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, but Trey Lance is being sprinkled in, and he had a touchdown pass last week. Um, They're going to use him, especially, I'd envision even a little bit more, especially with Raheem Mostert out. Looks like it's just the Elijah 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 Mitchell show at running back. Trey Sermon, I saw, was inactive. He's a guy that maybe they'll have activated this week. They did sign Carrion Johnson to their practice squad, which, again, let's call that what it is. They're looking for some intel on the Eagles, and that's fine. I'd hope our coaching staff is wise to that fact. But um, I, I just look at this game, and I tell you this. The 49ers, Debo Samuel, obviously, is really good. They have some very good weapons. That goes without saying. I mean, I understand that. I think they are a really good team. They're really well coached. But their defense is not the same defense that it's been from years past. And it starts right at the very tippy top of it. They no longer have Robert Sala. Robert Sala was hired by the New York Jets to be their head coach. So no more Robert Sala is a big deal because I thought he was one of the better defensive coordinators in the NFL. Really, I mean, he he was a really smart guy. Like, look at the team they had last year, right? They had no, no reason at all with their injuries to even be remotely competitive. And guess what? Robert Sala had those guys going. Now, does that mean that, you know, for instance, that's going to be something that isn't going to be here, that they're talent or whatever, because Robert Sala is no longer here. Well, no, that doesn't make any sense. But um, I'm just saying, Robert Sala not running their defense, to me, is a big deal because, like I said, he was one of the premier defensive coordinators. However, in steps D'Amico Ryans, and all of us Eagles fans, we know D'Amico Ryans really well. D'Amico Ryans was a really good linebacker here for the Eagles for a couple years. He's now the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Now, is D'Amico Ryans the level of coach Robert Salas? Of course he's not. 
can he potentially be? Of course he can. He was a very smart player with us. I'm not surprised that he's found himself in the coaching and, and has risen up the ranks here. I mean, I know he was a name that we were potentially looking at to be our defensive coordinator this season if, let's just say, Robert Sala wasn't hired to do a job and, you know, we weren't able to get Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon. But I just believe that their defense is a weak part of their team. It is not not the defense that they've had in years past. I do believe the Eagles have the ability in this game to move the football. Again, I think it's going to be a little harder to run the football than it was last week. I'm not saying we can't run the football because we can absolutely run the football because our offensive line is good enough. Spoiler, you know what's funny? How everybody was all just like so jazzed up and they couldn't believe how good the offensive line was. And I just said, well, clearly you're not a fan of the team. You didn't, uh, what, you thought that our offensive line was going to be a weakness? I mean, Lane Johnson played one of his worst games. Isaac Siomalo couldn't stay on sides, and we still dominate it. Really, Jalen Hurts was sacked one time. One time. I'm just, and again, yes, part of that has to do with the quick passing game, but also more so has to do with how good our offensive line is. And Atlanta blitzed a lot. They blitzed a lot in that football game. I'm confident in this team. I don't understand why everybody is so hesitant to believe in the Philadelphia Eagles. So I talked about what the game strategy here is, but I do want to go over some more news and notes. But before I do, I do have a quick word here from Anchor. I want everybody to believe in the Philadelphia Eagles. This is something I've legitimately been saying since prior to the NFL draft. The reason the team won four games last year is coaching and quarterback that's what happened. That's why it all went awry. The Eagles did not, like, I, my favorite thing is I have to hear all the time is now, we don't have any top-end talent. What the hell are you talking about? How, don't you, how do you not recognize the Eagles don't have top-end talent? Our whole offensive line is top-end talent. You're going to tell me that Elaine Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, that they're not top-end talent. Oh, guess what? Jordan Mailata, he's top-end talent. Oh, well, you kids, he's top-end talent. Landon Dickerson's going to end up being top-end talent. Devontae Smith clearly is top-end talent. Jalen Hurts is top-end talent. Miles Sanders is top-end talent. Kenneth Gainwell has that potential as well. I, I mean, really, Quez Watkins has that potential. The Eagles have top-end talent. It just wasn't able to be seen last year to the level you want it because of coaching and quarterback. On defense, oh, well, come on, Fletcher Cox isn't the player he used to be. Let me tell you this. Let me just explain something to you right now. If you think that Fletcher Cox did not have the impact in that game that you were hoping for, then you just clearly don't understand what you're watching. And I even hear people that know football supposedly saying this. And I want to look at them and go, listen, Fletcher Cox is double teamed every single game because any smart offensive coordinator knows... The biggest move you have to do is take out our best player on defense, and that's what teams do. They take out your strength. So guess what? A guy like Javon Hargrave, a guy like Hassan Ridgeway especially, they can have bigger impacts on the game because guess what? They're doubling Fletcher Cox. And here's the beautiful thing. If Javon Hargrave, who was incredible in that fourth quarter against Atlanta, can continue to have games like that, like he did, they're going to start doubling him as well. And guess what? If they slide a double over to him, now Fletcher Cox gets to go one-on-one. -on -one. And oh yeah, well then we'll see if Fletcher Cox don't got it anymore, if he's getting single coverage or single blocked. 
because I advise you not to do that if you really value the healthier quarterback. And, and the beautiful thing too in that game was, and it, it pissed me off, is that we did not blitz at all. I did not see any blitzes really from Jonathan Gannon at all. I saw five men come at most, that's it. I don't really consider that a blitz. To me, a blitz is when you send more than the offensive line can block, so you need a minimum of six guys. We did not do that. And again, it ends up being a plus because we did not have to show off any of our exotic blitz packages, which we potentially have, I hope we do, and something for San Francisco to scout because we didn't necessarily have to. The funny thing in that game, too, was this. This was a little note. Arthur Smith, right, the coach for the Falcons, that's who the Eagles were going to hire as head coach if, if they could have just gotten through their interviews and he wanted to wait. Nick Sirianni outcoached Arthur Smith by about 10 million points in that game. Like, he, he was so much better. We were so much more prepared to play that football game than Atlanta was. And I'm not saying Arthur Smith is some bad coach, but I thought he had a bad day. Absolutely. I did not agree with a lot of things the Falcons did in that game. I mean, that, that what worked for him in those first two drives, they went away from. They're hurry up. They just stopped doing it. And people go, oh, well, the game got out of control. It was 7-6 to six with two minutes to go. What are you talking about? It got out of control. Two minutes ago in the first half, it was seven to six. It was fifteen to six. They had the ball. It was only twenty-two to six. They were only down by two possessions for a majority of that second half. But then I have to hear this. This is a big debate in Philly now. Is is Jalen Hurts somebody you could believe in? And they don't want to believe in him because Carson Wentz failed. You know the Nick Foles thing didn't work out, right? Uh, Kevin Cobb and, and go through the list of guys. You know what I mean? Don, like all these guys and it just never, ever really worked out. Well, if you're worried about believing in Jalen Hurts because of what Carson Wentz did, then you got serious problems. Carson Wentz was mentally weak. We found that out. We found that out three years ago and then it definitely was found out last year. I mean, he, he again, oh, well, who, who could handle dealing with their backup one in the Super Bowl? Not, like, mentally not weak people could. I mean, that's what happened. He got hurt. A guy came in. We won the Super Bowl. That's what you're supposed to do. It's a team sport. And he couldn't overcome that because, oh, they had a statue outside the stadium, a Bud Light statue of Peterson and and, and Foles. That hurt your feelings? That That meant we couldn't win the Super Bowl because that statue was there? Please. That's just the stupidest damn thing. Let me tell you something about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a winner and he's a leader. His comments this week, I loved it. The only stat he's concerned about is wins and losses. And you hear that and you think, oh yeah, that's just ha that's player speak, whatever. I truthfully, in my heart, believe he believes that. Jalen Hurts wants to be great at football. He's a great football player. He's been a great football player at every level. Oh, well, they didn't have him as a first-round pick. My goodness, right? Oh, man, Jalen Hurts not being a first-round pick. Like like I said, we talked about this weeks ago. Tom Brady, not a first-round pick, right? Go through the list of guys that were not first-round picks. Tony Romo was undrafted. Drew Brees, not a first-round pick. I, the list goes on. I mean, really, just because he wasn't a first-round pick, that doesn't mean he can't be good. Look at our own division. Dak Prescott, right? Fourth-round pick. Jalen Hurts, second-round pick. Chip on his shoulder, just what that guy needed. He's had one forever, and he plays better when he has one. And I'm telling you this right now. The Eagles got their guy. He's going to be their guy for a long time. I love that his jersey sales this week went up 500%. 500% for Jalen Hurts jerseys. Like, 
Hello, I was riding with Jalen Hurts from the second Carson Wentz was traded when I officially knew Jalen Hurts was the guy. And I'm so glad that I didn't buy, like, again, I purchased a Jalen Hurts jersey. I created two custom jerseys for my newborn son for Jalen Hurts. They don't even make them on the Eagles website. I had, I had to go and customize them myself and make them so he could have Jalen Hurts jerseys. The, the, the good thing, like I said, is I waited to purchase it because he ended up changing his number. And the main reason I only, the only reason I even waited was because I didn't trust Howie Roseman. It's it's crazy to me that people are so concerned about if this team can win. It really is. It's so crazy to me. I'm telling you, this team can win this year. They should have won last year. Coaching and quarterback. They were terrible. They're not terrible anymore. We won 32 to 6. It's the largest like blowout win the Eagles have had since what? The the Washington game two, what was it? 3 years ago, Foles when he took over. The last time we won a playoff game ironically. This team's really good. They have a lot of really good football players. If they get decimated with injuries, of course it won't look the same. That's but that goes for every other team in the NFL. And then I have to hear well, it sucks that we're not playing our division games now because the Cowboys are dealing with injuries and suspensions. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is out for Washington now. It looks like it's going to be the Henneke show. Uh, you know what I mean? Like all these injuries around the uh, division. And I go, who cares? Like it, it, that's, a, listen, we don't need injuries to win. You know what I mean? Like what's the goal? If the goal is to make the playoffs, your goal should be to win the Super Bowl. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, I wish we were playing Dallas this week because X, Y, and Z are out. No, that's stupid. I'm not, like, you, you shouldn't be afraid to play Dallas at full strength. If you, think, if you think your team can make the playoffs, then you're telling me you think your team can win the Super Bowl. And the only way they can win the Super Bowl is you've got to be able to beat teams at their best, right? Spoiler, if you play the Chiefs are, you know, knock on wood, Patrick Mahomes is going to be their quarterback in the Super Bowl, right? That's just how it goes. Don't be afraid to have expectations. Like I said, this team is much, much better than people want to give it credit for. We're really good at a lot of spots. The young guys on our team are going to end up being really good. Like if you said to me right now, what would be my biggest concerns? Like guys that concerned me in that game? Okay, I'll give you one. Eric Wilson, the linebacker. I think Alex Singleton's 1,000 times better. I already knew that he was better than him anyway, but I thought Eric Wilson was a very shoddy tackler. He he did not impress me at all. Jannard Avery in that Sam position. Woo. That was concerning. Those are two major concerning things that I saw from the defense in terms of players. I would say those were the two biggest concerns. It does concern me that the team cut T.Y. McGill. They took him off the reserved COVID-19 list and they cut him. I thought he should be on this team. Especially over Marlon Tuli Piloto. That didn't happen. So again, it's not all perfect. It's not all uh, sunshine and rainbows here. But I mean, really, those are two guys on on what often or on defense that I was a little concerned about. Two. Kayvon Walls, three, but he's not the starter. But on offense, I mean, Isaac Ciamalo, he's my biggest concern. Yeah, uh, you rewatch the tape a little bit, and he had a really good game when he wasn't jumping off sides. Landon Dickerson, full participant in practices. That means he's closer and ready to play. You think he doesn't give us great interior depth? Now if something has to happen where Brandon Brooks has to come out or or Isaac Ciamalo, it's not Jamon Brown going in. It's Landon Dickerson, a guy with all pro potential. 
And oh yeah, if Nate Herbig has to play, well, he played last year, so we could trust in Nate Herbig. He knows how to block. That's the good things that did come out of last year. But I mean, really, on offense, who are my concerns? Yeah, Jalen Rager, as definitely as a punt returner. No damn doubt as a punt returner. I'm hoping the touchdown he scored, though, on Sunday gives him a little bit of confidence. He could see a little bit more juice in his step on offense. Caught the balls when they were thrown to him. That was good. That's it. That's it. There's not as many holes as you think. Like, everybody thinks there's so many holes on the Eagles. There's just all these holes. They're, they're talent deficient. Yeah, obviously, if Slay and Nelson go down, we're in some trouble. I will give. I will grant you that. Our cornerbacks, definitely. 100%. But again, I, that, that's ever, that, there's only 53 guys. You can only pay 53 guys. You're going to have to hopefully, you know, knock on wood, stay healthy at a lot of positions to win in the NFL. That's just how it goes. The year we won the Super Bowl, I know we had major injuries to our left tackle, our quarterback, our, but it was like five guys. That was it. For the majority, we stayed healthy. That's what you got to hope for here. We need our corners to stay healthy. We need our quarterback to stay healthy. And we, we obviously you need our wide receiver, our key wide receiver, Devontae Smith, especially to stay healthy. So there's a lot of guys, yeah. It could go sideways if somebody gets hurt. But again, I'm done thinking that way. Because if you think that way, you're, you're like that's what I hear when these people are hesitant to pick the Eagles. They're so worried about their injuries. Well, that, that's every team. What do you want? I, I don't look at it like that. I don't sit here and go, oh, well, because they've been hurt the last three years. I get it. It's concerning. Don't get me wrong. Do I think about it? For sure. But I also think about if they stay healthy, what they are. And they're a lot better than, than most people wanted to say. Not me, because I said it all along they'd be good. And they're going to continue to surprise people. The Eagles are going to beat the San Francisco 49ers. I mean this. They're gonna, we're going to win on Sunday. And again, I think we might win by two scores. I really do. I, I think San Francisco is going to have a very difficult time stopping our offense. And I think it's going to be a completely different game from Jalen Hurts. I don't think it's going to be this quick screen. I think you're going to see it for sure. But I think San Francisco is more equipped to stop that part of our, our offense. They got good linebackers. And again, I think that's what they're going to kind of play for. They're going to beg the Eagles to throw it down the field because they think that's our weakness. Well, Jalen Hurts is going to prove he doesn't have that as a weakness. He plays to what the defense tries to give him. And the defense, in my opinion, is going to dare him to beat him over the top. So Quez Watkins, get going, run fast. Devontae Smith, get going, run fast. The Eagles are winning. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles, go. 